3: Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
4: It's been four months since French President Emmanuel Macron effectively declared war on French society. Euphemistically called pension reforms, Macron's proposal would increase the retirement age from 62 to 64, effectively robbing the working class of two years of their lives. In January, French unions filled the streets of Paris with trash. Now, French workers build brick-and-mortar barricades on highways and set branches on fire on train tracks. Welcome to It Could Happen Here. The escalation from protest to uprising is, in part, a product of how Macron forced the retirement age increase through a national assembly he no longer controls. Without the ability to win a vote, Macron's Prime Minister, Elizabeth Bourne, suddenly invoked Article 49 of the French Constitution, which allows the ruling government to force a bill into law without a vote. Macron argues that because circumventing Parliament to force legislation through is legal, the move is democratic. Millions across France disagree. We spoke to two French protesters, Mayel, a student in Lyon, and Agat, a union railway worker at a state-owned rail company, about the movement. The two met through a struggle committee designed to bring people from different backgrounds and movements together to fight against Macron's reforms, and for, as Mayel put it, victories for our class. Agat had this to say about Macron's anti-democratic sleight of hand.
1: What they are using right now is a rhetorical uh, trap which uh, consists of um, confusing democracy And uh, constitutionalism, I don't know if I'm using the right word, but for instance, you know that uh, they maybe, you know, that to impose this uh, reform, they have been using an article, which is Article 49.3 of our constitution, And they say that, uh, well, this uh, article is in the Constitution. We are in a democracy and therefore this article is democratic, which is absolutely false. It's a it's a fallacious um, reasoning. It is not true. It's the the 49.3 is an anti-constitution, it's an anti-democratic article of the Constitution. And um, this is what they have been trying to do lately, to say, to make us believe that everything that's been happening is absolutely normal and um, complies with uh, the democratic standards of France, which is not true. Also, what they are trying to do to uh, disqualify any opposition from the left wing is to say that... The left-wing party is actually an extreme left-wing party, which it <laughs> yes. is not. And um, it's, it's kind of, um, they, they are trying to um, induce a kind of history in all this and to yeah. radicalize what is not. What we are asking for is simply... Uh, for them to to listen to what we, for once, can call the people. Generally, when you have a protest, it's only a part of the population that disagrees with with the the policy of the government. But this time, honestly, uh, there are. Seven uh, seven people out of ten who are who disagree with this, and uh, nine workers out of ten who disagree with this reform. Honestly, I think we can call ourselves the people. Yeah. <laughs> and in a democracy, well, what you yeah. do is listen to the people, not the representatives and not the members of the government, but the people in the fucking streets. I'm sorry, uh, and. Um, and because they do not want to do that they try to say that uh we are radicals and that we are supported by radical uh political parties which is not true yeah it's it's
5: a very real situation
1: yeah this is what i wanted to say about what their act their current strategy aside from the repression of which we are going to talk in a few minutes this is what their <laughs> strategy is
5: yeah like so Basically, they confuse all of the forces uh, on the left uh, together. They say that Mélenchon yeah. is funding the Black Bloc, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's things like that: uh, the CGT, the LFI, uh, all of them. It's all the same, and they all want uh, the destruction of uh, civilization. And I don't know. That's that's the discourse on the far right.
1: Yeah, uh, and we eat babies. babies.
5: Yeah. <laughs> sounds <laughs> we like a, that sounds like the American right, too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of linked to, to police violence, uh, this discourse when you were talking about how they're saying that the Constitution is democratic and there's nothing you can say, uh, even though, well, the, the point of the Constitution is to bypass the Parliament. I don't know if that's democratic. Uh But yeah, so when it comes to police violence, uh, the reaction is to say that the state holds uh, the legitimate monopoly of violence, so therefore they can repress us however they want. Uh, That's literally what they're saying right now, which is kind of worrying. The
4: French police have been incredibly violent in their campaign to suppress the protests. At an ecological action in Saint-Séline on March 25th, Tens of thousands of activists were met with helicopters, armored vehicles, and 6,000 grenades, many of which were the French police's new and incredibly dangerous military-grade GM2L CS gas grenades. One protester was shot in the head with a tear gas grenade fired by a grenade launcher mounted on an armored vehicle. He remained in a coma fighting for his life for an entire month. Earlier today, his parents released a statement saying that he has begun to wake up, but is not fully conscious, and his life remains in danger. The day before, a special police motorcycle unit called BRAV-M, created in 2019 to suppress the gilets jaunes or the yellow vest protests, was recorded threatening a group of random people that had arrested for sitting in front of a building. From the Washington Post, the cop says, You're lucky to be sitting there now that we've arrested you. I swear, I'd have broken your legs, literally. I can tell you, we've broken elbows and faces. But you, I'd have broken your legs, one officer says in the recording. Limonde reported. Two slapping sounds can be heard, the report says, along with an officer saying, wipe that smile off your face. Later in the clip, a police officer warns the young people they have detained, quote, next time we come, you won't be getting in the car to go to the police station. You'll be getting in another thing called an ambulance to go to the hospital. Paris police chief Lorette Nuez said on Friday he was, quote, very shocked by the audio clip. Mayelle and Agat were less shocked.
1: This is not really a surprise, unfortunately, because, uh, well, our police is not as... Uh, yeah i don't know it's problematic but maybe not as problematic as in the us i'm sorry if i'm wrong about that but uh we also follow sometimes what uh, what happens uh, on the other side of the ocean and uh but um i must say that we we have had uh issues of uh police murders uh, on the street like and police violence wanton violence and um, unfortunately, that now uh, it's not new, and uh, there is a a newspaper called Mediapart who managed to to find a uh, eg- excerpts of uh, I think it's a a group on WhatsApp or whatever uh, of um, policemen talking about. Uh, race war and uh, and all these kind of things and and, yeah. and uh, unfortunately we know that there are such people in our police.
5: The the police are they're they're kind of basically fascists all of them. Uh, like at, they have like one of their unions which called Alliance, and for the politic for the presidential election they invited uh, the right wing party who are basically only people who dog whistle about genocide. And then uh, the classic uh, Marine Le Pen and Zemmour, as uh, a the, the far-right uh, who's openly calling for uh, a civilizational war with Muslims. So that's the, the police unions. And uh, for a little bit of history on the police, uh, we have, for example, one of the very violent units uh, that you see arresting people all over France, which are called Brigade Anti-Criminalité or BAC for short. And these people come from some sort of colonial units who were in uh, Algeria uh, during the, the war and when there was a need to repress uh, uh, populations who previously lived in colonies and then moved uh, to France, to the main country, uh, they created a lot of very violent units uh, recruited through uh, people who were in the Algerian War to. Basically, break down people's house, things like this, beat them up. You know, uh, it was really colonial practices, and all of this kind of stayed uh, with uh, the, the repression of uh, poor and non-white areas of town, where they try to always have a strong police presence and catch people, they say, in the act, but they're really like making up reasons to arrest people. Police violence is not new at all. And, uh, yeah, basically these units train all year long against poor non-white people. And then during protests, they come uh, against, uh, uh, people who have, who, who come to protests, basically, which are generally different people but not entirely different people, of course.
4: The police response to protests, Agat says, has gotten more violent since the Gilets Jaunes protests in 2019. But instead of clearing the streets as Macron had hoped, the increase in violence is just narrowing the traditional gap between more moderate trade union protesters and the more radical protesters found
5: in black blocs. I've seen people uh, in America and England saying that the movement is dying down because the inter-union protests are more and more uh, away from each other. But in the actual protests, people are much, much more radical. And what happens is that the people who are in the front of the protests before the union uh, and who may potentially fight with the cops that the union will never do, uh, they're more and more numerous, like four times bigger than the protests a month ago. And so the cops cannot charge us. Every time they charge, people get around them, and there are rocks which happen to hit their heads. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, could could I ask about that a bit, specifically about
4: the the dynamic of there being a sort of, I don't know, a, a, a kind of a kind of divide between the 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 sort of more militant people who are fighting the cops and the sort of more moderate, uh, like trade union like protesters. I, I wanted to ask, I guess, like. How how firm has that separation been? And what, I guess, have the unions been doing here? Have they been trying to contain things? Have they been trying to push forwards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
5: eh. uh, I think it's a very recent phenomenon, kind of, especially the way it's taken form now, because it's basically a mix of uh, a black bloc and some gilets jaunes and some yellow random vest. radical people, yeah, uh, yellow vests. But um, so the black bloc it started really in 2016. Before this, there was no real black bloc all the time at protests, and the attitude of the unions uh, is that they hate the black bloc. It's pretty simple. I mean, not of course as uh, everyone who's in and uh, a union, but uh, the unions who organize the protest, they don't want anyone in front of them. They want people to go behind them and follow whatever they want to do. So they've been really aggressive, but even if there are conflicts right now, I would say the fact that the people in front of the union are more and more numerous. Um, I think there's somewhat less tensions. The unions, I don't think they feel like they can really push uh, against even the Black Bloc or radicals who break stuff.
1: If I may add in something. Uh, Indeed, um, uh, there is a difference between the the attitude of uh, the union directions, let's say, and uh, people like me, the simple uh, unionized uh, workers, and um, what Miles said is absolutely true about the the hate. The uh, yeah, they really don't <laughs> want any back locks, especially in front of them. But what I observed. Uh, in these over the last few demonstrations, is that uh, what we call the cortège de tête, which is really the very head of um, of the demonstration, uh, even in front of the the unions, the official um, union um, uh, group, um, where there are the black blocs and the yellow vests. Um, there are more and more people. I, I was I was like I was going to say like me but I'm a bit of a I'm still a bit cowardly and I I'm still afraid of uh of um getting in this kind of place but uh there are more and more uh unionized workers who mingle with the blood blocks and etc and um I you know, we also have what we call manifestation sauvage, the the the, the wild and, and 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 not organized uh, protests uh, that are not organized by unions but are kind of spontaneous.
5: They happened uh, after Macron forced the the reform uh, through parliament without a vote, and people yeah. just went in the streets without yeah. a union, and they burned. Uh, there were images in in uh, Paris of everything burning. It was that day, and that's what we call a wide protest.
1: Yeah, and um, in these, for the first time, I saw unionized uh, workers joining in. That is crazy, because they were feeling that what the unions were proposing within the the legal and and pacifists and a uh, nice frame was not enough because really our president was really just uh, uh, making fun of us and we couldn't have it and th- what we usually do was not longer uh, enough for us and um, this is really something new.
4: I asked about the appearance of the gilets jaunes in the current protests and what the two thought of them. Mael, the student, was somewhat dismissive. But the impact the gilets jaunes had on Agat and the railway workers was very different.
5: Yeah, I can say a a little bit, but I don't know much about uh, the yellow vests. So what I saw of the yellow vests were uh, a lot of blockages and people uh, against taxes on on gas, and the way it radicalized was towards uh, some form of radical democracy, but maybe not so radical because they wanted, uh, the mass movement seemed to uh, end on the demand for uh, referendums, basically. They wanted to be able to call their own referendums. and. The demands were not directly linked to economics, uh, uh, as I saw them many very often, and when we saw them in protests in Lyon, uh, they were kind of weird, uh, (laughs) but I, I don't know them very well. What I saw was that the government repressed them really, really hard much harder than the usual protests that we do because they were really scared of them.
1: Yeah, because I took part to the yellow vest movement and uh, I tend to disagree a bit with your analysis on this. Yeah,
5: yeah go ahead, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, it's just a, I'm just saying and it, it's not an attack at all. At first, I must say I hated this movement because, uh, well, just um, long story short, it began in 2018. And in 2018, there was a big uh, movement in the SNCF where I work in the railway um, public uh, company uh, because the the current, it's very funny because it's the current prime minister who was the transport minister at the time.
5: <laughs> oh no yeah. they yes. just move them around they keep uh, we keep seeing yes. the same people
1: it's absolutely uh, I, I I can't stand that anyway uh I have a personal vendetta with this woman and um <laughs> we had been fa- trying to fight off the uh, Well, uh, they kind of started to kill off our company. It's only now dying of its slow death, but uh, this is where it really, well, this is where the end really began in 2018 for us.
5: You mean by privatization? They're killing the company?
1: Yeah, we're not private yet, but uh, the door has been open on that year. Yes. And um, so it's been a really, really hard, um, protests for us. and we, in the end, we lost. It was really hard. And um after that we we've been I've seen these these people, the yellow vest, stand up and take on our songs to make them their own, Le, the the famous on la. It started yes. with uh, in the railway uh, <laughs> world, and it really started in Lyon. Uh, I was there and uh, suddenly these people whom I did not see by our side a few months before started to invade the streets and sing our songs. I was really outraged. I was furious. And uh, then I uh, fortunately I I spent time with the people who are more intelligent than me and uh, who... (laughs) Who said that it was worth uh, going to see these people and see what was in on their minds and what they were thinking? Especially because there were people who had never before protested; they had never been on the street to demonstrate about anything, and um, and they were right to do that. And it's it all started with the price of oil and of uh, gasoline, and I found that really really insignificant and in fact it, it really opened my mind about the reality of other people because I do not have a car but some people <laughs> have a car and they need it to, to to live together to make a living and and not only that but the motives of the protest they rode and rodent these people they got politicized, at such a speed, a high speed, this is incredible because quite yeah, rapidly, yeah, the, 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 um, what they were um, demanding were, was not simply the, the lowering of the oil price. It was also more democracy. It was more social justice. It was against the the the, the cancellation of um, attacks on on fortune on the great fortune of people uh, on uh, great wealth, and and on climate also it, it merged with uh, with uh, a lot of climate demonstrations and it broaded really it was about really a social model and what world we want to live in tomorrow and. So this is why I say this uh, This movement was really incredible. It was also incredible because it was taking place without the unions. It depends on the regions in France. Uh, in Lyon, for example, there there is no love lost between the Yellow Vest and the unions, the direction of the unions. But in other regions, like in south of France or uh, in the north, it's very different. And soon they began to protest together and the yellow vest they 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 gave us uh, a new a fresh new breath it was really yeah. a fresh of, a breath of fresh air it, they there was such spontaneous they were so spontaneous and so, so angry also you know they 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 remind they reminded us what it was to be angry and to have the right to be angry and not to be Helpless in front of uh, an unjust policy, yeah. and uh, it really cha- changed this. And um, as just like I said uh, that uh, earlier, that uh, in this very movement, the movement we live in now, there are there there are unionized workers who mingle with the black bloc, for example. where well, there were a lot of us unionized workers in the yellow vest too, and. Um, So, uh, yeah, it it influenced Uh, us a lot.
5: I think uh, we can say that if uh, 2016 added a black block to the protests, now with uh, the yellow vest, it changed completely the way we protest as well. So all the blockages are like much more uh, regular and the way we're people fear less, you know, to, to demand things and to organize without unions. Uh I think we can say that it definitely changed things. Um, yes. Also, personally, I think that if I say wrong things about the uh, yellow vests or I don't know them is because uh yeah, the, the concern about oil gas price was not not one of mine because I live in a city and I don't have a car. Uh, so I think it affected more uh, the country, the countryside of France, which is more concerned with gas prices,
1: yeah.
5: than uh, big cities, also because we already have uh, lots of political movements here. So like, it's, it's kind of different, I don't know, I don't know this, uh, this part very well, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe
6: I should just show up. No, I mean, it's it's interesting to me, because I remember when the, uh, the Gilets jaunes protests started up, there was a lot of debate outside of France and kind of like Westerners observing the protests as to, are these guys, is this something that's like a positive movement? Are they all right-wing? Um, and it, it's oh, interesting yeah. that... Um, the way in which kind of all of these different sort of eras of protest movements in France have uh, melded together for this, this most recent kind of uprising. Like you've got, you know, the, 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 you've got these trade unions, you've got gilets jaunes, you've got the black bloc, all sort of working as different pieces of this, uh, uh, of this uprising, you know, based on kind of the different tactics of their eras. That's fascinating to me.
5: I was, I was discussing uh, and saying that it's kind of a feature of uh, movements uh, about pensions, even if they can be very different, that they tend to attract a lot of people. And at first, the protests were not very radical at all, compared to protests we could have with similar sizes. Uh, but gradually, the movement is radicalizing a lot. Uh, it seems to me, the people who are in it, and uh, the fact that it tends to mobilize everyone at first, even if it's not very radical, well, it created this sort of mingling of everybody, so the yellow vest, the union, the black bloc, uh, everybody except the political parties because they're useless. but.
4: Alongside the radicalization of protesters from all walks of life inside France, there's been a surprisingly strong international reaction from other European workers and activists.
6: You know, I, I, I'm wondering, you know, during the Black Lives Matter protests in the U.S. in 2020, international attention was significant and it was to some extent useful in terms of helping to raise money and stuff for different bail funds. People from all around the world helped to that extent, but... I'm wondering, is the is the degree of international attention by other countries, left wings, you know, movements on what's happening in France right now? Is it having an impact directly or is it just sort of like uh, noise? Well,
5: uh, on my part, it seems to be a lot of noise. Yes, Uh, because a lot of people seem to misunderstand completely the situation and yeah, they just give their opinion and that's fine, I guess. But uh, I, I think there may be actual solidarity with uh, some militants. Uh, I mean, I know among uh, anarchists that uh, there are anarchists who come from Italy, Switzerland, Germany uh, and other countries who uh, try to help actions and protests. And I'm pretty sure that among unions, there is uh, international solidarity as well. But maybe Agathe, you should say something about this.
1: Yes, there is uh, international solidarity. Honestly, this is not something I was expecting. Uh, But uh, for instance, uh, last week in Belgium, there are uh, workers from a uh, total um, plant that actually blocked the the, the freaking port, uh, f- and uh, to to prevent <laughs> uh, them from uh, sending product to substitute it from uh, to to the the product that was uh, blocked by protesters in France, and that was just, this is for me this is absolutely wonderful, and um, yes, so yes, there there are uh, international solidarities. Um, Uh, We have been in our uh, interprofessional assembly because we have a local interprofessional assembly and uh, we have been um, expressing our... Uh, Gratitudes to uh, the people in Greece, in Argentina, in uh, Spain, in, uh, in Germany, uh, who expressed uh, their uh, support openly. And um, personally, I was really surprised to see how many people actually were paying attention to what was happening yeah. in our country. Yeah. That's true. And um, it gives us, well it gave strength to many people and um, it also gives hope because uh, i realized that well you know the the the, the main um, leverage we have on our politicians uh is the economical leverage and so when, um, when the bosses of big companies and investors and everything start to say, well, Guy, uh, your um, reform of uh, pensions in France is starting to make a mess in uh, Germany, in, uh, in Spain, in Greece, please stop uh, your madness. Well, this is... Um, a leverage I was not expecting. We are trying to to use the leverage of uh, the the big wealth and uh, and and uh, the big companies in France, which is already something quite hard to move, and that was really an unexpected support. And uh, we really hope that it's going to have a, an impact because Macron is very. Uh, He's a narcissistic guy, and he (laughs) loves his own image. So if his image is starting to suffer internationally, I think this is going to be a big problem for him. And um, his image at the time is really a catastrophe.
4: Belgium, of course, is not the only place where blockades are happening. They've become a staple of the uprising in France as well.
5: I'm very interested in talking about uh, the blockages of the highways around uh, Lyon Uh, because many cities are trying to do this. There is a Rennes, which is in Bretagne, which manages to block the highways very often. and uh, So this started in Lyon, uh, we tried once a few weeks ago. It was a call by the unions with a few uh, points to block in the morning and people and militants from all over joined the points at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. I don't remember, but when people arrived, there were cops everywhere and they were pushed away and circulation and capitalism could work normally and everything was fine. So we were very frustrated, so we reorganized completely and through the Struggle Committee we assembled people from uh, General Assemblies all over the city and also various groups and we managed to organize a blockade uh, last Thursday and it worked pretty well. It was not exceptional, but for first try, people were very happy about it. And it uh, led to many people from uh, all over in the movement working together on a project and uh, meeting together in assembly and then being together on blockages. And I think it's uh, moments like this, which are very important for the movement to, to develop I'm not sure if the blockage in itself is uh, the most interesting action in terms of economic damage, especially if we don't stay very long. But uh, the different social relations it can create, and uh, I think it can have a lot of influence in the movement, especially when we're thinking about uh, the unions uh, and uh, the leaders of the unions who don't want to mobilize too much, who don't want to go too far, uh, what can we do outside of that? Well, I think that's part of the answer, at least.
4: I agree. Yeah, I think I think that's something that was interesting to me because I I think like roadblocks and barricades like that as a sort of social site is like a really it's it's a thing you see a lot in the past like 20 25 years of protest movements like I'm I this was a big deal in I uh, like in Oaxaca in 2006 there's there a lot of similar stuff in Chiron, uh during the uprising there it's interesting to see it sort of like re-entering the repertoire of stuff
6: yeah the, the kind of the 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 different species of social interactions that are made possible by these kind of zones of autonomy that are created Yeah.
5: And they they ask a lot of new questions for militants, how to hold a a barricade against cops and against cars. It's a lot of different questions, which uh, I think they can radicalize people at least to demand more things. So it's not clear what they want to demand for now. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that I'm really, really happy to see uh, people from different parts of society, really coming together and accepting to work together. Like, yeah. so many things impossible possible now. Uh, as a student, I've met basically students from all universities in my town. I now have free access to all publications in French and I'll never pay for anything. Uh, it's really, really great. Uh, in terms of blockage, there is uh, just south of Lyon there is a, an oil refinery refinery, which is not on strike. Uh, it's among the only ones. So uh, it's really important because uh, in France, uh, there's a special system because they wanted to stay independent from oil producers. So they import the oil and then they refine it in France. So basically, if we stop all the refineries, there is no more gas for cars and right now it's becoming a real problem because of the strikes and this one stays open and so people have started to try and block uh, the entry so right now there's like something like 50 uh, union workers and like 50 radical militants who come there every morning well not this week but last week they were doing it. Uh, because this week, uh, we haven't said, but everyone is on holiday, kind of, somewhat. (laughs) The (laughs) students are on holiday, so many people uh, take their uh, paid leave uh, right now as well. It's kind of a special time, so... But next week, probably the blockages are going to start again, and it's, uh, it's great to see union workers meeting with more radical people uh, to try and get an action together. And I think mm-hmm. when there is solidarity like this, great things can happen.
1: If I may add uh, something about blockages and everything, um, what works pretty well, and it's, um, uh, it's quite satisfying, uh, there are big days of uh, mobilization. And what what has happened several times now is that on the very same day at the very same uh, time, there are several um, appointments uh, a little everywhere in the in the town and uh, to block something, to block a highway, to block a factory, to block a school or whatever. And uh, this allows, uh it, it allows us to um, to dispatch and to stretch the forces of uh, the police and so they are never enough uh everywhere to 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 stop us and uh that makes uh, that can makes that can make the day a real success because uh <laughs> you have a lot of things happening at the very same time but there is only so many cops so yeah, it, it works pretty well.
4: This is, interestingly, the same analysis the U.S. police came to in 2020. It's easy to stop one large action, but several smaller actions split police forces and prevent them from just kettling one large block of protesters. I guess the thing I was interested in is that I think one of the things that happens in the U.S. a lot is you'll get a National Day of Action, but all of the actions, like, there'll just be one giant action in a city, And you don't get the kind of like diffusion that's been helpful with spreading out COP numbers. And I was wondering, like, is this something like the unions are specifically planning to have multiple events all over the place? Or is that something that's been happening like outside that
5: or? No, no, no. The unions only plan, well, they plan for a strike and for a protest and
1: there are also actions, but only one action and and the others are uh, organized by, um, I mean, regular people or... No,
5: but like, you mean the actions on the day, they're not organized by the the national unions, local unions, which do the actions, right? That's what you're talking about?
1: Yes, absolutely.
5: Yeah, so there are uh, local unions because... in. Fr- France unions are like very uh, federal somewhat. So it's this, we can talk about it's, it's a bit of a problem, but like, you know, the CGT, uh, it started out as an anarchist union. So they were like very into federalism and all of this. So there is local autonomy. And what happens is uh, workers in very mobilized uh, sectors, like the railways, the energy workers uh, they will organize through their union uh, actions on that day for example and on top of this for example you have uh, students in a certain high school or a certain university who decide to block something uh, and for example they need support recently there was uh, a notably right-wing campus who was uh, blocked by students. And so a lot of us came to help them because we had never seen this campus blocked ever. <laughs> and of course, what happened was uh, some fascists attacked them. But uh, we were much, much more numerous than them, so it was no problem. But the next time they had a blockage planned at this campus, uh, they ended up not having enough numbers, so they cancelled. But the fascists didn't know that it was canceled, and so they all came really armed with uh, metal bars and all of that, you know?
4: Still, despite the threat of fascist street gangs and their better armed and more legitimate counterparts than the police, the protests continue. They continue to block roads. They continue to occupy universities. They continue to strike. They continue to fight the police. They continue to find new forms of resistance, new forms of solidarity. New worlds composed of people who in ordinary times would never have met. And in the process, they continue to find new ways of being free. Beneath the cobblestones, the beach, said another generation of French protesters in May of 1968, all you have to do is pick it up and throw it.
3: It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.